Thank you for tuning in to 93.3 CFMU. This is Recliner Coaches. I am Tom Sterling, joined as always by my good friend Matt Jackson. How are you doing, buddy? Doing pretty good. Still a little uh, shell-shocked by that basketball yesterday. I feel so bad for Auburn fans after uh, the events took place, but sports, right? Oh, yeah. That's definitely the way she goes, especially with them celebrating at, uh, what do they call it, Tumor's Corner? Do you know the um, there's a special corner that Auburn has that they celebrate every win at? So at the I think 22nd mark when they were still up by like two or three points, the entire fan base went to that corner to like celebrate and things like that. And then the kid knocks down three free throws in a row, Ugh. and that just a dagger to every Auburn fan's heart. Yeah, it's tough, man. Oh God, I can only imagine, man. That's absolutely brutal. But we're not here to talk about basketball. We're here to talk about football. Uh, and just before we started off everything, I just wanted to give a quick shout out to our good friend, Sean Smith. He messaged me a little while ago. He said that I uh, really loved the radio show and I very much appreciate it, buddy. Thanks a lot. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> Matt's just nodding his head around. Yeah. Good Sean. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the other thing I wanted to say as well is that uh, we are officially on the podcast route as well. You can find us on Anchor Podcast as well as Spotify, everywhere else that you can possibly find podcasts except for Apple Music. We are still working on that, but everywhere else, we're there. Go, uh, give us a listen if you can't tune in now or you want to pre-record it's. I guarantee it's worth it if you're interested. You mean you're working on that, right? Yes. Because I know I'm definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm working on that. We're, we're getting everything sorted. All right, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but this week, uh, it's a very fun week. We are diving into the AAF, the American Alliance Football Association, I think. Yeah, we're going to go. We're going to call the AAF. Yeah. It's really confusing what it is. Yeah, so uh, the AAF, uh, for those of you who don't know, just recently folded in their inaugural year. Um, and was Inaugural half to three quarter year but yeah <laughs> i mean i don't know like even before we get into the whole like what happened with them when they were first announced like it was going to be spring football what were your thoughts on it you know i thought it was gonna be really good actually i thought oh perfect you know like we don't have that you know break where there's no football we yeah. just get more football how could it go wrong it's gonna be great you know it, i i saw eventually you know being like it, kind of like a last chance you you know sure. kind of being like a, a feeder system for the nfl but I mean, I, I, I can name a couple of reasons why I ended up failing, but I was actually reading the other day. So the average, do you know how much uh, viewership the average NFL game gets? No. About 18 million, okay? Wow. Regular season game. You know how much uh, the average AAF game got? What's that? 200K. Oh, boy. It really failed. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, I mean, if you're going by Canadian standards, that's 200K is very impressive. Yeah, it's like a third of Hamilton here. <laughs> <laughs> Which... Is very sad, but anyways, yeah, I, uh, you know, obviously being a football fan, I was very, very excited to to hear about something like that. But it's also like that same kind of uh, thinking where it's like, if Christmas happens every single day, it loses its kind of specialness or, or like how rare it is, I guess you could say. Uh, so the idea of having football twenty four seven, three sixty five, especially in Canada, where that little gap that was going to be in between the AAF and the NFL was uh, the CFL. I don't know if that was like a football overload because I didn't even really pay attention to the AAF. I didn't really watch it all that much myself. Did yes. you? No, I didn't either. And that's the thing. I'm a football fan. Yeah, I didn't watch any of it. Right? You know what? Like at the end of the day, I personally believe that doesn't matter what sport it is. Nobody's interested in a second division. That's true. That's no, very no, true. Nobody is. I mean, like. Right, I mean, they they did okay up till like I guess now because you know guess what now there's like base or baseball is coming back. Yep. NHL playoffs are heating up. Uh, NBA playoffs are heating up. You know what, man? People only have so many TV hours, and realistically, 
I'm a huge football fan. I would rather watch like an NBA playoff game than a AF sure. regular season game, right? Yeah, so, absolutely. Just the way it is, man. No one cares about a tier two. Yeah. Oh, one hundred percent. And you think about like the NFL specifically. Who do they have to compete against when they're going on? You know, obviously there's hockey still going on and things like that, but baseball for the most part is either tipped out or it's just coming to the uh, the final playoffs kind of thing. Everything else is kind of has its own time and place. Sure, you're going to get the the Sunday games as well for hockey and things like that, but for the most part, hockey rules during the week. You know, you've got your t- Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday games, whatever it is, and then Sundays, Saturday and Sundays, if you watch the NCAA as well, are for football. And those two days, and Monday and Thursday as well, I guess if you want to say, those days are, are just for football, and that's already known. Like, people are going into the weekend knowing that we're going to watch football, and this is the only competition that they have. Versus the AAF now goes right back to what you said. NBA basketball, NCAA basketball, you've got... Uh, baseball that's starting up again there's just so much stuff including the um playoffs for hockey as well are just about to start up so like they were already doing pretty poorly but if they kept going into like uh this month and next they would have had even less i bet i agree they you know i think it was actually a good decision to pull the plug now another thing i have too so i really think something that's very underrated for these sports leagues is having it on a third party app yeah if if you have if you have your own app i mean to tell you the truth I think you got to be on the score or TSN app or a third party app has all the leagues there because personally, I don't think anyone would download the AAF app to go check the AAF. Like personally, Mm -hmm. when I look, I have the score on my phone. Yeah, so do I. When I'm on the score, I'm like, oh, I'm going to go see, you know, the uh, NHL standings. Oh, you know, while I'm here, I'll check out the NBA. Oh, while I'm here, you know, I'll check out the AAF. The AAF was on there, but there's no standings or anything. You have to like go on like their website to look at the standings. I don't even know who's in first. I can't even name half the teams to tell you the truth. It's just like a third-party app for your sports league is very underrated. And it's very essential to your survival. I think the AAF failed at that. Oh, for sure. Well, it's the whole thing of like the idea that certain radio shows and things are losing viewership, they're losing listeners, is because they haven't evolved yet. Because if you want just straight stats, if you want to know, hey, who won this game how by how much, that's a, there's an app for that. You get a notification on your phone, hey, Toronto Raptors beat Charlotte or whatever it is, this amount to this amount. And you've got, already got that knowledge. And so now it's, you have to evolve, especially in the, in the business that you and I are trying to crack into, by having more in-depth knowledge and more stuff that you can't just find on an app. And these radio stations and these radio programs that aren't doing that are really suffering by the wayside. But like like you said, the third-party apps are so important. And I actually downloaded the AAF app. And on the app itself, it had everything that like you'd expect, you know, stats of the players, everything like that. But the main thing, if you were watching it live, you could try to guess what the offensive play was going to be. Like, it would start off, you'd go run or pass, and then you could pick either or, and then if you pick run, it was like, is it going to be a run to the right, is it going to be a run to the left, do you think it's going to be a dive, do you think it's going to be this or that, how much? How many yards do you think they're going to gain, and all this stuff, and they tried to make it so that it was, like, interactive in that sense, and I think that that's a good premise, but, like... The amount of variations on a football play, like you could pick, it's going to be a pass to the end zone for a 30-yard gain where, okay, well, it was a run for a two-yard gain. You know what I mean? Like there's yeah. the idea of actually guessing that right is so minimal. And if they just did something like, do you think it's going to be a run or a pass? Do you think it's going to be over 15 yards or less? You know, that's much more realistic than like, do you think it's going to be a hook pattern? Do you think it's going to be a fly pattern? Do you think it's going to be a post? Like there's so many variations on each individual play that you could do. It just doesn't mean – I don't really think that it it was going to have the effect that they wanted it to. No, I, I 100% agree. I think, too, obviously, um, 
I think if it was a feeder system for the NFL, yeah. they would have got more attention. The NFL PA kind of said, like, no, like, we don't care. Like, we're going to do our own thing. I think the AAF was really relying on the NFL PA's help, and unfortunately, they didn't give it to them. So, because I think that was another reason as well why, obviously, it didn't work out. Um, and, like, I know we stated earlier, like, it was right after the Super Bowl, you know, you saw an emotional high of like, the Super Bowl, right? I know this game this year wasn't that good, but think about if your birthday was after Christmas. Mm hmm. How, like, would you be as excited for your birthday? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. if you just had, like, a big, exciting day, got presents, and then more presents. You know, it's just like, it's too, I hate to say it, but sometimes too much of a good thing is, you know, too much of a good thing. Yeah, for sure. I, uh, yeah. And it's interesting to see that, like, I've, I've always been kind of fascinated by the idea that there isn't any real feeder system in terms of uh, professional sports. Uh, football in North America because if you look at you know soccer has it uh, hockey has it as well you can go out and see a uh, a Bulldogs game or um, at like another OHL game or kind of thing and if guys get called up to the NHL they immediately play and you can argue I guess that you know some people would say hockey isn't as demanding as football is or whatever but I don't know like Maybe each individual game, you could maybe argue not, but some of these guys, they play like three, four games a week. And yeah. like, I don't see how doing a feeder system with football would be any different from hockey. Um, and I don't think it's going to be that much more of a strain on your, like, on your body than it would be doing that. But people are so eager to, you know, kind of support that feeder system in hockey versus in football. And I've always just found that really strange. You know what? I think it in theory is a good idea, but my whole problem with having a feeder system is, well, these guys go to university, they're what, 22, 23 years old. I yeah. mean, they're, they're already like, they're, they're men, all right? They're physically developed at that point. Whereas the, you know, hockey, baseball, I think in baseball, they get like drafted at high school. Yeah, for like, sure. Like hockey, they're what, like 16, 17, 18, whenever yeah. they get drafted, right? So, you know, they're still boys at that point, right? They still like, you know, haven't, you know, fully developed, you know, mus muscularly, right? Where in football, they're 22 already. The careers in football are a lot shorter. So, mm -hmm. you know, you have a guy who's 22 in a feeder system until he's 25, 26. Like how long is he really going to last? So maybe like a quarterback, maybe, yeah. you know, it might be a good idea for, but like, you know, like a linebacker, you know, a defensive lineman. That's true. Like they're they're going to be beat up, man. They, they're not going to last that long. No, you're you're absolutely right. Um, but maybe like the idea of a feeder system for kids who don't go to university, because you could argue that the fact that university is a feeder system for the, the professional sports. Yeah. But there's a lot of kids who you know either don't have the grades or just not, are not interested in going to the university level. And so the idea of like having you know in Canada there's the CJFL, the Canadian Junior Football League, and the idea of putting that as a feeder system to you know other sports leagues could be a a great thing because not only like something that western does is which is fantastic they have a cjfl team it's called the london beef eaters which is a hilarious name first and foremost but that they, they use that as a feeder system to their football team and so anytime that they have kids who come to their training camp who get cut they go to the London Beef Eaters, and the London Beef Eaters run the exact same offense and defense that Western does, so that when they need them, they get pulled up, and they're playing the exact same thing. They're just now in a university level. I think that's such a smart idea, and I'm surprised that more teams don't do that. Like, Mac has the, the Hurricanes. Why don't they do that with them? Yeah, that would be great, actually. Yeah, that's why their Western's as successful as they are, right? There you that's go. why they're always like a perennial powerhouse, right? Because they just... That's the thing. If you're not playing, like... I mean, me personally at Mac... 
I never played. I was a practice squad member for three years. If I was playing on the Hurricanes, those three years getting like game reps at the same time, I would totally be for it. Oh, for sure. Oh, you're, man. Just, you're just rolling on the bench, right? At least you're getting game action, right? Yeah, and that o- that's only going to make you better as a player because you got you're going to get game experience. And you and I both know there's you can practice all the the uh, all day that you want, but you're never going to get more. You're never going to get better than when you do you play a game. You know what I mean? Like playing a game with bullets flying at you is so much better for you than actually just doing practice and things where, yeah, you are going to have guys like on, on the practice squad who are going to go faster at you and whatever, but there's a reason why they're on the practice squad. I agree. You know what I mean? I, so, I hated practice. Oh, man. Like, it was all about the game, man. That's where you, yeah, exactly. I agree with that. The best practice for the game is the game. (laughs) 100% agree with that. Well, there's a reason why you don't just jump into the playoffs immediately, right? The regular season, you're trying to make sure that, you know, you're the best uh, team out there, that you can make it. But the regular season is practice for the playoffs. Like, that's... That's the whole system of sports, basically. 100%. So if you go up against the best in the uh, given you know teams that you can, you're going to get the best kind of response from yourself and from your other teammates. So that's my opinion on it anyways. I 100% agree. You know who I think actually, too? Sorry, I want to jump back a little bit. Yeah, yeah. How they can make Tier 2 sports more exciting. They kind of do it in soccer. They'll never do it over here. Not a chance they'll ever do it over here. But imagine they had like relegation in the NFL or like the NHL. What do you mean by that? So relegation, basically having uh, soccer over in Europe is, so they play each other X amount of games. Then when the season's over, the worst three teams in the league get sent down a league. Ooh. So for example, over here, so let's, I'm going to try, you know, translate to North American terms. Let's say the NHL, the worst three teams got sent down to the AHL and then the three best teams, the AHL would come up. So beca- wow. because it's like that, they'll never do it over here because all like the owners would be like, we're going to lose a lot of money. It's not worth the risk. Sure. Over here, you got to buy your way into the league, right? Whereas over there, they have the FA kind of runs everything. Mm-hmm. So the owners don't really like own the league. The league's like its own separate ad- entity. But because of that, you kind of will like just take a peek at the tier two stands and go, who's coming up? Yeah. Oh, for sure. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially if you're a team that's on like the cusp of it. And you're going to have to make sure that you can either beat this team or you have to get better than the other teams that are already in the conference. Yeah. And like that immediately puts more emphasis on the lower tier teams because you want to see, you know, like you said, who, who are coming up and who are going down and whatever it is. That's a great idea. Yeah. And then it keeps the teams at the, uh, the bottom honest, too, because they're not like just going out. We're going to tank for a drop. And I was like, guess what? You have to win. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have to keep trying. It would make it that much better. I'll never, ever see it happen over here. Yeah. I think maybe after I die yeah. someday. But like, <laughs> there's there's no way I could see it happening here is because, you know, you know, we live in a capitalistic uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. society. But I mean. It's a good idea for like sports. For sure. Now, um, over there, I'm not, obviously, I don't watch soccer all that much, so I'm not really sure how it works, but is there a draft that happens in, in soccer over there? It's, it's a lot different, though. They have like an academy, so they basically like recruit players out of like, know, like elementary school, high school, whatever, and they go like do schooling through their academy, and then they get called up. It's a lot more. There's no salary cap over there, so that's another thing. It'd be hard to implement it over here because we have salary caps. Yeah. And it's just a lot of like buying guns. Like when the guy gets good, he's worth more money. There's no like people move around a lot more because you're not on contracts. Like, well, you are, but so you sign a contract here, you're here four years, then we can either cut you. But another team over there, if you're on a four year contract and they come over after two years and go, we want this guy, they can just buy him. Wow. And that's why like the the teams all the money like went over there, right? Because yeah. all the lower teams will have like good players. And they'll go, well, we're taking them. 
here's like a hundred million pounds or ever, and the, 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 the smaller team's like, okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, maybe that's a little more capitalistic. Never mind. Yeah, there but, you go. Yeah. Um, but still, I, I would be interested to see if they had something where it was like a, a draft kind of process, where like what would happen to the teams that were in the last place and they went down to the yeah. other league would they get like the best draft picks and yeah. then like kind of that's their opportunity to get back or whatever it is that's another yeah, that's another problem that's why I don't see it working over here again yeah it creates a whole problem with the draft right the teams that go down they get a high draft pick or then a different draft the three teams coming up they got like a top yeah. draft pick yeah exactly that's why I'll never see it happening over here but it's a cool idea it's a great idea honestly and it would do so much better but then I I, I would fear for that kind of a scenario because I think the NFL would try to do that with the CFL. And uh, you know what? It, it could honestly be a good thing, but obviously we don't have the same rules and things like that, no. whatever. But like, um, if they did something along those lines, regardless, it'd be, it'd be a pretty cool thing. But yeah. um, just to jump back into the AAF, uh, with the AAF closing down, there's already talk. Jim Baker actually uh, talked about it before. The day that the AAF officially closed its doors, they had at least you know twenty different guys from the AAF call them up. I think Jim Baker's at the with the Tie Cats right now. Yeah. And so each like twenty different players called them up and was like, "Hey, like I want to try out or I want to do whatever." So now they're going to have it like an influx of players that are going up to the CFL um, just for the opportunity to play football. And you know, obviously there'll be some guys who. Uh, I'm sure we're playing in the CFL and they tried their luck down there and now they're coming back up. But um, I don't know. I think people are always in for a surprise when they come up to the, the CFL. Even uh, Chad Johnson, Chad Ochocinco, when he came up to Montreal, he said that, you know, the I think the training is different because kids in the States train so much earlier than we do for football. They're training when they're like 14 versus we're not really training seriously until university. We're not even doing tackle football yeah. until we're uh, 12 years old now. Up yeah. Here. yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he said the speed of the game is very, very similar. And plus the idea of all this motion and things and guys can run around on offense, whatever, I think it just adds so many more layers to the game itself that guys in the States aren't really used to. Yeah. And, I mean, you want to look at our boy Johnny Manziel. Yeah, who- I I agree. You know, it's just it's a it's there's more moving parts to the game up here because there's so For many sure. motions and stuff. It's a lot more of a mental game. Like I personally think, I've gone to CFL games. I find the CFL players they're just a different build. They're not as big as the guys in the NFL. They're not as strong. They're they're faster and they have to be smarter because there's just so much more going on. In the NFL, you watch a game, there's just less movement. They won't have one guy in motion at a time, right? Yeah. And then up here where, you know, a lot of quarterbacks, you know, from the States coming up here struggle, like, you know, Johnny Manziel did was, there's now an extra guy in the field. Yep. And the coverages are different and they're just not used to it. So a lot of them do struggle, right? It's, just, it's, it's a completely different game. People don't realize it, but like that one player and that like loss of down and that size of the field, it's just, it's a huge difference. Oh, for sure. Especially with all the motion and everything that you have as well. Like, all, down there in the states, for the most part, you've got one guy who is just motioning around, and with his motion, you can basically tell if it's going to be uh, a zone coverage or if it's going to be man. If you've got somebody who's running after the dude who's going back and forth in motion, it's probably going to be man, yeah. or at least at some point it's going to be man. They might be, they might do like a cover two man, but at some point, like somebody's going to be man covered for sure. Versus in the CFL, you've got all of this other motion and everything that's happening there where guys are trying to disguise what they're doing. And sure, you could argue the same kind of thing where guys have to follow. But I feel like players, especially DBs in this level, are much more comfortable with switching off responsibilities rather than chasing guys all over the field kind of thing. And they're much... I th- I, in my opinion, I think DBs are much better because they have to be if you want to play in the CFL where there's so much more passing, so much more scoring. Each game here averages 
what like a high scoring game in the NFL would be. You know what I mean? Like I just, I think too, though, I would counter argue that I think in the CFL, you can, it's just a different style. The DBs can play and give a little bit more cushion. You can give up a little more on like, mm-hmm. the first down throw because they went two downs really, right? Cause third down, they usually punt it where in the NFL, True. they have an extra down. So you can't give them as much. So it's just, it's a totally different strategy. Yeah. Even, even that one position alone, it's a totally different strategy playing DB up here versus DB down there. So that's why, you know, a lot of people, you know, going back and forth struggle to adapt yeah. to the games. It's just, it's a different game. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we can go back to, you know, Johnny Manziel is the same thing. In his first game starting as a quarterback in Montreal, playing against his old team, the Hamilton Tiger Cats, he threw four interceptions in the first half. In the first half. Yeah. That's if that can show anything, and obviously Johnny Manziel was like, you know, he wasn't the greatest quarterback by any means at that point. He was kind of struggling, he was doing this and that, whatever. But like four picks in one half of football to a guy who used to be Johnny Football, like the hottest player coming out of the NCAA at one point. Yeah. You know, I just, I don't know. I remember watching that game. Honestly, he didn't play good. No, he didn't. I'm not going to sit here and defend, like, you know, Johnny Manziel, you know, blah, blah, blah. But, like, his team around him wasn't that great, to be honest. Fair. Like, the the offensive line, I was watching the game. Like, they they were getting beat. They were were getting beat. Like, the Hamilton just dominated. Yeah. Their their defense was just flying around, creating havoc. And then Johnny Menzel. But, you know, that being said, if your team's getting beat like that, you got to be smart, not, you know, maybe just live to fight another down. He was trying to do too much, I found. And then, yeah, four picks in one half. Yeah. It'll happen. Trying to be a hero. Absolutely. But, like, the guy's used to it. He was down in Cleveland with the same kind of thing. You know, when he was at Cleveland, Cleveland was bad. Yeah. And he was supposed to be, like, the hero. Like, oh, Johnny Menzel's going to save us. And, you know, he just. Couldn't deal with it. Yeah, I'm like, you want to argue, and I'm like, obviously, it, there's it's different players, it's a different scenario, different coaches, blah blah blah, everything like that. But very similar kind of scenario. Baker Mayfield comes into a Browns organization that has struggled very seriously up until this point, and he brings together some wins, and they they made it to what I think they they left the field at 500, right? Seven, eight, and one. Seven, eight, and one. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah, I uh, I remember at work. Uh, before the season started, I said, "Oh, the Browns go eight and eight. Everyone laughed at me, and I'm like, "Honestly, man, I'm an Ohio State fan." Yeah. So I was furious when Baker Mayfield <laughs> planted that flag on us. Yeah. But I'm telling you, man, the guy's a gamer. Yeah, he is. Like he like he just has this like swag about him. Like I've heard too, for just like reading articles, like he just the locker room like rallies around him. For sure. He's just he's just a total gamer. You could see, man. Like he, the guy just has it. Yeah. He walked in, changed that whole organization. There's a reason why you get Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham Jr., all those guys over there. You know, you've already have this a defense that's getting better and better every single year. And with that kind of swagger, you attract players who are that like have the same kind of mindset. Before then, who did they really have to, to set a mindset? That whole organization had a well, we'll try to limp into a winning season this year. Hopefully we can get like two or three wins. Yeah. Like you were almost expecting the Browns to do that versus now Baker Mayfield is like, no, I'm a winner. I have been a winner my whole life, and I'm not gonna accept just another losing season. So yeah. he's completely changed that program. You gotta life. respect that. For sure you have to. And like absolutely like Doing something like planting your flag in the middle of the field, that's that's a ballsy move and it's a dick move and all this stuff. But if you're on that guy's team and he does something like that, you are fired up. Oh, yeah, you love it. Oh, my God, man. Like, I'd, I'd run through a wall for that kind of guy if he played on my team. You know what I mean? I agree. And so he inspires that kind of confidence. And yet, 
on the other side, like, yeah, you were pissed off at the game, but you still watched. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You yeah. know what I mean? And you're now following uh, Baker Mayfield now. And even if you're following him because you hate him, you're still following him. Exactly. So I don't hate him as much anymore. I've kind of gotten over it. Yeah. But, like, at the time, I was furious. For sure. But, like, it's the same kind of thing. Like, if you have a player like that who's so explosive and so, you know, unreal, you're going to follow him. Even yeah. if you hate him. Like, I'm a Michigan fan, and I've always hated Ohio State, but... I can't help but follow the players that come out of there because they're always so bloody good. Yeah, you know, you got Dwayne Haskins now. You got the Bosa brothers who are stupid. You had Troy Smith back in the day. Like all the players that come out of there are so good that you can't help but follow them and help that they do well. You forgot to mention Zeke, my boy. Yeah, yeah. your boy Zeke. <laughs> Been running all over Michigan in his, in his three years that he was there. Yeah, now, he's, now he's running all over NFL defenses. But yeah, I know. Kind of going back to the AF now, so yeah. we're gonna see uh, in Canada a lot more uh, international players. I know even at the combine they were experimenting they had some guys from europe yeah come over there playing in the combine for sure and they're i, I believe they just had a the, the european draft or it's coming up at the very least yeah um and uh that's the and this is the thing now because the cfl was so concerned about making sure that they had other players and they were being really you know inclusive of uh nfl europe or all the kids that wanted to play out uh out east and all that kind of stuff now we have Americans from the AAF who want to come back. Now the market in this in Canada is flooded with international players, and it's you know it's only going to whittle down the Canadian players who are trying to get into the CFL. You know what? I'm pro pro Canadians, obviously in the CFL, but the fact of the matter is, you know what? Um, we're not doing ourselves any favors here in Canada. I believe. I mean, mm -hmm. like the OFA just came with a new rule. Now you can only play. I th I think it's like um, you can't play tackle football until you're 12 years old yep. and to play flag. I know me personally as a kid, I played when I was eight years old. By the time you're 12 years old, you m might be already like in another sport, right? For like sure. in basketball, I might be into hockey already. So it's just going to cut down the registration. It's just going to cut down the football interest, right? Mm -hmm. And because of that, I think you're going to have less, you know, Canes watching the CFL. And I, th I think the CFL has no choice. They have to go this route. They have to bring in international players. Yeah, I understand that. But if you start, if you're the CFL and you start putting your money and your time into, you know, Football Canada and, you know, there's nothing that you can do or if there is something that you can do to change the, the 12 and, uh, and under kind of thing, great, do that. But if there isn't, support the leagues that keep these kids are playing in now you know how many kids are out there right now who want to play football but can't afford everything i'm coaching at the burlington stampeders this year it is 950 dollars per kid to sign up per kid that's insane that's nuts man so like if the cfl came in and said you know i know they don't have a ton of money but if they did you know, we're going to try and help sponsorships for all of these different things. Or we're going to, like, promote these things. Or we're going to do something like that to help promote youth football. Because, realistically, the CFL and youth football are connected. If youth football dies, you will see the CFL die as well. 100%. So, they need to put their interests into the, the youth football of Canada, into the university level, or it's going to die. I 100% agree with that. The thing is, too, I find millennials... Don't watch CFL. That's true. All people that watch CFL are older people. Yep. Because you know what? They're all about the tradition. You know, like it was big when they were young. So they love it. Kids now, you know, they're on their phones playing video games. You know, the NFL's on. There's, all, there's like basketball's now just blowing up all of a sudden. Yeah. So but even, even soccer is making like a, a comeback in Canada. I think they're having their own soccer league up here. Yeah. Um, Hamilton Forge is actually just starting up now, which is pretty sweet. I know a, a guy who's actually playing for them, which is which is really cool. They got some nice jerseys. Yeah, they do. <laughs> yeah, they do. But that right there goes back to the point that actually you brought up a lot a long time ago. If you 
you know somebody who's going to be playing in the league, if you're like a guy you went to school with or a guy that you uh, are is from your hometown is playing in the CFL as a prominent player, are you not going to turn on? I percent you will. You know what I mean? I agree. And so it's the same I said thing. It. <laughs> yeah, you said it. Yeah, so, I said it. <laughs> but, but it goes right back to like what we're saying before. If you f- fill up the CFL with talent that's outside of Canada, you will lose Canadian fans. And I, I think right now, like you said, I think they're they're not trying to lose fans, obviously, but I think they're trying to gain other fans. And in doing so, you're going to lose fans. You're going to yeah. lose people's interest in uh, Canadian game because you're going to look onto the CFL field and there's not going to be Canadians there. Yeah, and like at they always like to preach it's our game, it's our game, but it's it's slowly becoming not. It's not, and you know, well, the thing is too to you know argue to that is, you know, I, I agree, but I think the CFL too they're, they're kind of focusing on as well the product on the field. And to be hundred percent honest, dude, like American players, you know they they are better. Sure, they're, they're they're better athletes. Hate to say it, but it's true. And I feel like the the product, the available like players are just dwindling down more and more and more like you said weren't you having you know issues like getting kids out to the stampeders mm-hmm. and like and, you know and now there's this whole t- this new rule tackle football rule you can't start to the age of 12 that's going to slash out the number of kids who are going to be interested in football yeah for sure but i feel like right now they're going the easier route instead of doing what i was saying before and and like supporting the league and supporting the youth football and things like that they're just kind of grabbing from areas that have already established football and yeah. that's that's fine you can do that sure yeah. But you're going to lose the Canadian part of the Canadian Football yeah. League. No, 100%. So, it, like, are we going to have another AAF in Canada? It's almost like they're getting in their own way yes. for game players. Yeah, they're not Yeah, they're not putting money. Yeah, it's a thing. That's why they're doing it, right? For sure. It's- and, like, there's such a um, an impact on kids in the States to play football. I mean, if you check out Friday Night Tykes on Netflix. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you've seen that show. Yeah, that's crazy. Kids who are, like, five or six years old having parents yell and scream at them because they want to win a game. Like, it's nuts. I'd be terrified to be a five-year-old football player in Texas, man. Oh, my God. <laughs> God. <laughs> uh, well, with that, we have just come up to. Uh, we're just about out of time here. I'd seem like half an hour is that so flies short. Flies by. Buddy. We need we need some more time. But uh, once again, I, like we always say, thank you so much to everybody who tuned in. We always appreciate the support. You can follow us on Anchor. Uh, we have our podcast there as well as on Spotify. We've got our Instagram Recliner Coaches. We've got Twitter rec- at Recliner Coaches. Uh, please follow us. We'd love to hear back from you guys and all of our fans and. Uh, Tune in next week and we'll be here with another hot topic. Thanks a lot, guys. Lyric on the-